All right, wish me luck, guys. I'm preaching about women today. When did you put that uh, Calgary Flames jersey on? I didn't see that in the last service. We grew up Oilers fans, Paul, so go to a different church. Actually, I don't watch hockey at all. It's not really a man's sport. I'm into soccer, everybody. Come on, Sean. <laughs> There's so many things I want to say next. Um, soccer players are a little bit sensitive, so let me just say that. Hey, um, wasn't last week's sermon by Nathan Finocchio? Wasn't that great? I've been using my hands in worship a lot more. This is like God's got a thing for hands. He just loves hands and waving hands at him. So I've been using my hands a lot more in worship. And, um, we're starting a series um, called Daughters of God. And uh, I'm really going to tackle uh, the topic of insecurity today. Because if you're insecure um, as a daughter of God, it's going to be very difficult to do all the things that God wants you to do. And, um, and so this sermon also is going to, you know, I'm going to show men what we can do. And uh, so it's going to apply to everybody. But um, um, daughters of God, are you ready? I, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I, a friend of mine, I was getting prayed for after this first service. And he said, you know, things didn't work out in his family and, and he split up. And so from his, his girls right now. So it's a tough situation for him. And he said, I wish my daughters would have heard that sermon. I just wish they would have been here. So you're here. So don't waste, don't waste this time with the Lord. God wants to do something in your life today. That's going to be powerful and deep in your life. So, all right. Um, here's my write-up for the series. What does God think about his daughters, about women? It's extremely crucial that the church takes its cues from heaven and not society when it comes to our worth and our roles. Or else we will always be fighting an internal battle that will bleed us of courage, clarity, mission, and destiny. Here's our premise for the whole series. God the Father calls his girls and equips them however he wants to. He is the one who defines these things and not society or church traditions or you. It's going to be so good. Um, thanks, Sean. My, um, <clears throat> Sean's, Sean lives with a bunch of girls like I do as well. Um, you're a good dad, by the way, I think. Anyways, I just thought I would say that. Um, my, um, my parents, do you guys know Pastor Richard and Beth? They're, uh, they're in Winnipeg right now at my, you know, the lesser brother's house. And so, um, if you're new to Venue Church, this is what we do here. So you should just got to start laughing here. We're highly competitive in my home. And so, uh, but they're in Winnipeg right now and, uh, they're, they're having an anniversary tomorrow. Uh, they've been married forever and, uh, they have such a great marriage and a lot of what the church does and the foundation that is, this church is built on is based on what God faithfully has done in their lives. And so, um, so wish them a, a happy anniversary tomorrow on Facebook or on something. Can you do that for me? It's their anniversary tomorrow. One of the, the ways that the things I loved about my dad was how he um, loved my mom. And how, how my mom, does anybody know Pastor Beth? I feel like we have like a whole church of new people here. Um, my mom is like a daughter of God. She knows it. She knows her place. She's on fire for Jesus. She like... There's nothing that has stopped her from becoming everything that God wanted her uh, to become. And that's what, um, that's what I want for you as well. <clears throat> now, it's a little risky. Um, I went and talked to a bunch of, uh, uh, of the girls of venue. It's a little risky because I know you're sitting there thinking like, what are you going to say? <laughs> and uh, are you going to tell me how to be a woman? No, I'm not going to tell you how to be a woman. But um, <laughs> I want to tell you what God thinks. 
about things. And so, first of all, God told me to preach this sermon series, so it's going to unlock something in you. And the second thing is I have a pretty decent resume uh, in this area because I live with five women. Now, it's not one of those like weird churches. <laughs> Sister wives. Um, no, I'm, I'm married to, um, to my wife, Pastor Aaron. Everybody give it up for Pastor Aaron. And so, um, and so I actually, I married a girl with, uh, with what we call a father wound. Um, so her dad and mom got divorced early on and she missed uh, some of that. Now we love her dad, but he just wasn't there a lot. So it was a father wound. I'm going to be preaching about that next week. And I really feel like I need to tell you like that is going to be the Sunday for somebody that you will never have a Sunday like that where God is going to fix something on the inside of you and speak to you as, as your father. Um, um, but also I have four teenage girls and my, they're like some of them right there. So I'm my girl's accountability partner and I have four teenage girls. And so that's not something that I signed up for everybody. That's not something I thought God was going to ask me to do. So every morning it's a standing question and I wait for the text to come in. How are you doing? How's your heart? How's your purity? Did you come across anything online that we need to talk about? Now, that is not fun, but I do it because God wants me to do it. And so, um, because I care enough about them to, to try to get them into their destiny. And we can't do that when we're bound up in sin and these things. So, um, so I've really had to work hard on this because I didn't come from a family. Like it was just my mom, but it was just, it was kind of a guy home and we didn't really understand. I didn't understand you know, the daughters of God all that much. And so God is like, Hey, I'm going to punish you. But no, I'm just kidding. But it, no, if there's something that I'm going to share today that is going to unlock something in your life, that's going to be related to your destiny. And so you're going to love it. All right. Now, um, now I do push, I, I make my daughters push against kind of what society tells them and, and all the, the tenderness about, uh, insecurity. I'm going to preach about insecurity today. So I did say this a couple of months ago, a month or two ago. I said, I said, Hey girls, um, I just want you to know and they know that whenever I say something like this, the next thing is going to be ridiculous. And so they all just like, they're all looking at each other like, don't do it. I said, I want you to know, I said, it's a, it's really is a man's world out there. And you're just not going to be able to, you know, do things. And you know what their response was? Because like, there's not an insecure bone to their bodies. You know what their response was? And I'm not like teaching your kids to say this, but like if you have kids in here, they should probably be in venue kids. So they, you know what their response was? They're older kids, our kids now. Their, their response was like, shut up, dad. We can do whatever God tells us to do. That was basically their response. And so I, I want, but here's, here's why I said that. I said that first because it's hilarious. And I said that secondly, because I want to push back against this idea that something outside of them can keep them from what God wants them to do. Look, Look, daughters of God, if, if you're a daughter, listen, if you're not a daughter of God, you're not a son of God, you should be very insecure, like about everything, because you're just working on your strength and what you can do. But if you're a son or daughter of God, and look, we can fix your like adoption issues afterwards. We can get you saved and bring you into the house of God. But, but listen, if you're a daughter of God or a son of God, you have the same father as Jesus. So now tell me what you can't do. So if there's something that's blocking you from doing what God wants you to do, well, we're going to go after some of these things in this series because I care enough about you to like call you up and be like, okay, let's go. Let's go and do everything that God wants you to do. So now listen, and the reason I push against that, even in my daughters is like, I don't want them ever thinking that they can't because something in society is unjust. Is it unjust? Yes. Can that stop them from doing everything that God tells them to do in justice? Can somebody, something that somebody says to them or does to them, can that stop them from fulfilling God's call on their lives? Now, 
here's the thing. Insecurity doesn't laugh at lies. It believes them. And so I'm trying to train my daughters. Like, you got to laugh when people say you can't do stuff because of this and because of that or because of the color of your skin or because of... I'm saying like, yeah, injustice exists in the world. We will never tear down justice down as long as we're insecure about what we're allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do. We are supposed to do everything that God called us to do and make the world this great place where, okay. I feel like, did you guys not come and expect to be preached to this morning? All right, help me, help me out here. Okay, here's where we're going. The only one that can keep a daughter of God from her destiny is herself. Any other thought is poison, spit it out. In the last song that we sing, I'm going to give you an opportunity to spit out some of the lies that you've heard about you. Uh, the only one that can keep a daughter of God from her destiny is herself. Any other thought is poison. Spit it out. I say that to every, every daughter of God in the house. My wife, Erin. Any other thought that, that you can't do what God wants you to do in this life and you can't be and you can't, it's poison. Stop ingesting poison. you got to spit it out. So um, I, I'm... And, and here's what I also want to say. I'm not going to go so far on the other side where it's like rah, rah, women, all men are scum. Most men are. <laughs> no, no. I'm not going to say that, though, because, listen, tearing men down is not going to lift women up. And so, so in the kingdom of God, look, out in the world, it kind of works like that in the job place. You pull somebody down, then you might get a promotion. Okay, in the kingdom of God, it's like you get promoted when you push somebody forward. So that's what we're going to do. We're not going to be like, no, 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 like at the expense of absolutely not. We're going to say sons and daughters of God, we have to like push each other to the, our destinies and be like, I believe in you. You're going to go out and do this thing. You're going to, you're going to be great in the kingdom of God. And then you do the same for us. And all right. Um, now if the enemy can keep you insecure and underachieving, he'll keep your gift from the world. I'm going to talk about insecurity. Um, when we came here, I didn't have a chiropractor yet. You know, we, the church is about five years old. And we came here and um, so a church plant is like doing a business startup, but your, you know, your basic message is like, so come and volunteer your time and fund this business <laughs> and then go and collect other people who also volunteer their time and resources to fund. The government doesn't pay for church, everybody, <laughs> because of the mission and because like, and then go and bring somebody else and get them into this thing where we're like giving back to the world and of all the things that God has given us. So the, the business pitch is a little tricky, but also at the same time, if we plant a church, you see what God has done. We just baptized like 36 people a couple weeks ago. So, but you see this, like the devil doesn't want that to happen. So while you're doing this business startup with this ridiculous business pitch, the enemy is throwing like little devils at you to hurt you. And he's trying to like make your kids sick and hurt your wife and hurt you and destroy your life in any way that he can. So, so over time, you know, that kind of bleeds into uh, your body. And so my body was all, my, my back was, was getting all kind of, um, how do I say it? Like out of order. You ever get your back out of order or something like that? You start like everything starts tightening up and then walking becomes painful and you can't sleep. So that was what was going on with me. So I went to a chiropractor in town who's a great chiropractor. You know, as far as a practitioner, he's great. And some of our people I think go there. Um, but I went there and I had like a 15 minute window that I'm like, fix me, you know? But then I heard like, well, it's going to take an hour to like do this initial thing. And we're going to take pictures of your back. And, and, um, and then we're, we're going to like, then you got to come back tomorrow to talk about the pictures that we took. And then the next day, maybe I'll fix you, you know? And so you got to know like somebody with my personality. I'm like, but I'm here now. 
can you fix me now? You know, and then it basically became like, fix me now, because I'm not coming back. The, and you know what I realized? Um, <clears throat> because the whole spiel started with this whole like walking me down a hall and showing me. Uh, now, some of you love it. And then I, I talked to some people who are like, oh, I love the history lesson of chiropractic work. You know, like, well, it started here and it started there. And this whole thing was this like huge deal about like, here's the history, it's legitimate. I'm a legitimate doctor. You know, it's like, we're doctors too. It was this whole thing. And the whole time I'm getting this lesson, all I could think was like, I don't care. I'm obviously here because I think you can fix me. So you don't have to do all the things. I can just save you all the time and just fix me. Because I'm here. If I, if I thought that you were not a legitimate doctor, I would go to somebody like Paul, who is an illegitimate doctor. <laughs> I'm just... No, that's what it gets. The, I'm just saying, like, I'm here, you have a gift, fix me so I can sleep tonight. I don't want to, like, two more nights of not sleeping. And I realized, I realized it was almost this insecurity of, like, hey, we're legitimate too. We're, I'm like, if you're good at what you do, be good at what you do. The world needs you, but your insecurity might keep that gift from the people that need it. And so, so, so there's this huge insecurity complex that we're going to go after, daughters of God, and say, like, hey, we're going to go after this thing. We're going to address it. We're going to deal with it so that you don't have to walk around your life insecure because of what somebody said about you, because of what you believe about you, because we believe that God can do anything that he wants to with you, and we're going to help you get there. Say amen, Venue Church. All the girls are still like, what's he going to say? Just relax. Oh, my goodness. Listen, what are you going to do to me? I live with five of you. I know all the tricks. Um, you know the girls hunt, hunt in packs? If a guy and a girl walk into a room and they're fighting, every girl in that room is on her team. And you don't even know what she did. How does he know? I know. Um, listen, um, I know my, my chiropractor now, ironically, is this, this skinny little gal. And she's like, jumps on my back and cracks it. And then she, every week she's like, did you do the stretches that I gave you last week? And I'm like, we both, we both know that I didn't. That's why I'm back. And she's like, well, you should do the stretches. She knows I'm not going to do them. She's like, well, you should do them. I'm like, maybe. Um, I'm like, somebody got to put your kid through college. So. <laughs> we have a great relationship. She always asks me about the church and like, how stressful was the week? And then she touches my back. She's like, oh yeah, it was a bad one. I'm like, yeah, it was a bad one. Um, so anyways, I just thought that was funny. But listen, she knows who she is. She's got a gift and she uses it. She doesn't keep telling me every week, like, hey, I'm a doctor too. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm here fix me, you know? Um, okay. Let's talk about, let's talk about something that, that I, I need to say. It says, God doesn't look at the outside. He looks at the inside. And I think that some of us are carrying this thing around on the inside of us. And now guys do this too, but I think that insecurity makes us ugly on the inside. I don't think God like, look, ladies, society is always telling you like, look like, you know, Barbie or whatever. And so I don't think God minds a few extra pounds. I think the real beauty is on the inside of you. But insecurity keeps that beauty down and insecurity makes you all weird and, and insecurity makes you kind of like ugly uh, to people and, and ugly to yourself. And that's really what you don't like is this insecurity about who you are and what God made you to be. And uh, because it's, it's based on image uh, that humans decide you ought to look like. Now, there are some humans you ought to care about, like people who are like preaching the word of God to you in Sunday service. No, I'm speaking the word of God as it relates to God and Christ and his plan for your life. Now, but but. Basing your life on what human image or human excuses or, you know what I mean? Like, well, of course we're insecure. Um, here, here's, here's, here's what I want to say to you right now. Based on what people think about you, you shouldn't fear what men think about you, uh, like men, mankind. You should 
fear what God thinks about you. That's what, that's where you've got to go. So here's what we want to say today. We just want to take insecurity and put it, let's put insecurity in a sin box. You can't deal with the, the issue of insecurity as long as you think that you're insecure because of somebody else's choices. So if you're a daughter of God, like I said, if you're not a daughter of God, you should be insecure. You have a lot to be insecure about. If you are though, your father is the same father as Jesus has. So can we put insecurity in a box? Because in the eyes of heaven, being insecure about who you are and what God called you to do is actually called sin. Because insecurity, look, a lie has no power until you believe it. And when God talks to you in the word of God, he's like, he says things like, um, you can do all things through Jesus. You. Not like the guys. Not like people with a certain skin color. You can't. Not people who, whose parents were rich. He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The Lord is, the Lord is my shepherd, David said. I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. I don't need people to leave me there. I have a father in heaven. He says, even when my father and mother forsake me, you God, I got you. Um, there's a scripture that says, he, she who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress. And I will not say of my husband. I will not say of my dad. I will not say of my boss. I will not say of my children. I will not say of my friend that they are my refuge and my... So here's what insecurity does. Insecurity is listening to the wrong voices about you and internalizing it and swallowing it and believing it. Well, when you go to read what God says about you, then you're like, oh, wait, you just rehearsed those things over and over again. And, and um, did I say I'm going to be preaching about the father wound? That's a big one. That's a big deal. Because your relationship with God has to do with your relationship with your father. It affects you whether you think it does or not. And so we're going to go in there and fix it. By we, I mean God is going to fix it because I can't. Um, here's what I want to say. If you're insecure, because insecurity also has to do with, I'm just giving you power right now. So insecurity has to do with self-pity as well. So here's something my dad never did with me is like if I was feeling insecure, uh, feel sorry for me about it. He's like, well, you don't need to feel insecure. This is what God thinks about you. So um, I don't think that God, your heavenly father, I, I think some of us are insecure, but we kind of like it because then it's like people feel sorry for us. And then, and I felt like this, I need to say this, this wasn't in my notes, but here's the deal. Jesus asks like a cripple man, doesn't he? Like, hey, do you want to be made well? Because you can lay here on this mat forever, like you've been laying here forever. But if you don't want to get up, well, some of us don't, because if we got up and we got healed, we'd have to go and work for what we eat. You have to go earn it like everybody else does rather than sit there and beg for it. And I realized like, oh, there's this thing inside of us that we got to actually spit out some of those lies. We got to get to this place where we're like, do I want to be healed? Now, some of us don't over this time. So go to God and be like, God, I need to want to, to do something. Have you, you can't change what you want sometimes, like, cause you're flesh and you're human and you still want to sin. So sometimes what we have to do is go, go, God, change my desires so that I want what you want. You know, I can't even do this. I can't even do the heart thing. I can't even change my own heart. God, would you change my heart so that I don't want people to feel sorry for me because I'm insecure? We got to call insecurity sin so that we can deal with it and kick it out. As long as you internalize sin and say it's because of somebody else's choice. 
Somebody hurt you when you were a kid and you're insecure about that. As long as you keep swallowing that lie that you have to feel that way forever because of what somebody else did to you or what you did in sin, as long as you keep swallowing that lie, God can't deal with it because you, you keep drinking it. You keep drinking the poison. Well, it's time to spit the poison out and be like, wait, I can do all things. There's a, there's a lie that somebody believes that because of what was done to you or what you've done, that like you don't understand pastor like I can't be healed of that I can't because I know stories that are way worse than your stories and they don't say that anymore they don't believe that anymore because that's a lie that you that you're believing that God in his infinite power and might who stepped on the devil's head can't fix you can't heal you can't get all the things that you missed from your childhood into you I'm not saying that that life isn't hard I'm not saying that you get everything that you want but I'm just saying like Who's your father? Who are you listening to? You know, um, there's two bullets that kill insecurity. Are you ready? This is, I'm, I'm just going to show you how to do it. This, this is what my mom taught me. Because my, my mom grew up in an insecure house, in a house that was broken and not good. And uh, she killed insecurity with the help of God. Watch, two, two bullets kill insecurity, the voice of God and competence. It's not just the voice of God. It's also being competent, obeying the voice of God. So, so let's talk about the voice of God. First of all, you've got to stop listening to voices that tell you. Here's what I would say. Some, some of you value the voices of people way too much. So I don't want my daughters going and getting married. And look, even dating my daughters is going to be very difficult. <laughs> Won't it? Help me, man. It's going to be difficult. You're not going to come to the lazy slob coming in and be like, no, man. Y'all are going to prune that at youth group for me, right? Okay. But here's what I want to say. The, the, I don't want them marrying, marrying a man and being like, tell me I'm worth something. I want them to go already knowing that. Being like, I am worth something. Therefore, you ought to treat me a certain way because that's right for you to do. Right? But I don't need that from you because I get that every morning when I read the Bible. Where do we hear the voice of God? Reading the Bible. That's his words over you. And he'll speak to you about what you're not doing yet. It's funny. He's like, I've removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. So why are we still talking about this? Yeah. You confess your sin to me. I forgive you. You confessed it to somebody. Let the healing process begin. But why are you still bringing all this up? I'm not thinking about it. Um, the word of God. Prayer. Some of you don't have conversations with God. You have conversations with your TV. Right? And so, or you watch too much on social media about all these women and their bodies or whatever. You know, like, like Pinterest and like perfect moms making home crafts. Like, that's not a real thing, guys. They don't. They, you didn't see that they just screamed at their kid for wrecking their home craft that's perfect that they put on, you know, Pinterest. Is Pinterest still a thing? I don't know. The word of God in prayer. You got to go and talk to God. And uh, here's what I would say. When you talk to God, don't just ask for all the compliments. Because I think insecurity is like, just tell me I'm great. Uh, what you have to do is you actually have to ask for the correction too, right? Because God loves those he, whom he corrects. And, and if you're not asking God for like, hey, so tell me, give me a shot of reality here in my life. Because uh, something's obviously not working. So some of us, we don't go to God for correction and we're missing the connection that comes through correction. Right? So, so go and get, like, tell me what you really think about me. That's hard to do if you have a father wound, but we're going to fix that next week. But Tell me what you really think about me. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me, fix me, Lord. I, I don't want to be this way anymore. Um, so, so there's that. Everybody needs to know where the fence is. 
And if you don't hear the voice of God, the devil's going to be hem you in in a fence that's not your yard and not your place. And you'll never feel at home there, you know. So the next thing you need to do is get competent. Now, competent. Why are you talking about this? I thought it was like, no, no. You got to get competent at something because confidence comes from competence. I grew up in the trades world where we had uh, insecurity screamed at us a lot. I mean, this was back in the day before everybody was all like, nice. You know, it was, it was all about like, make money on that job site, man. So, um, so <laughs> come on, somebody's laughing in the trades world. Listen, there's a lot of insecurity. I learned how to work out, but you know, the more competent I got, the more confident I got. And then I knew that I could tackle the next project because I handled the last project. Okay. But that comes through time and experience. And here's what I would say, getting results and then getting results again, and then getting results again, and then growing and getting another result and getting another result. Here's what I want to say. If you're not willing to work hard at being competent, then you will be insecure. You have to get good at something. Are you a good Christ follower, ladies? Or are you like a 10 percenter? You can come to church and you're just on your phone. You know, like this. You're not connecting. You know, like, are you a good Christ follower? Are you like inviting people to church? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you worshiping? Are you in corporate worship? Are you doing the things? Are you giving? Are you? Well, if you're not, you're going to feel insecure. It's called guilt. Are you a good grandma? There's lots of grandmas out there that are just like retired. I'm like, if you're retired, man, you could be a good grandma. You know, my, my, my parents, my kids, my parents, grandma, my kids, grandma is a great grandma. They, the kids are always over at their house. They like love Jesus and are like telling the kids, like, you don't need to worry about what that kid at school said about you. Nobody cares about them. You need to worry about what God said about you here. Let's, are you a good, don't just go grocery shopping. Grandmas, if you have time, take a single mom with you. Shouldn't know how to discipline her kid in a grocery store because when they're in a grocery store, they think they're untouchable. Like, what are you going to do, mom? Man, take, go grocery shopping with my mom. She'll be like, oh, sweet. They ain't nobody untouchable. I will lay hands on you and pray for you right here. We'll cast the devil out right here if you want to do it here. Help somebody. You've got time. You've got experience. You know what doesn't work. When you see somebody doing what doesn't work, Invite them over for coffee. Make them a meal. They're tired, man. They got kids. Are you a competent friend? Or you just listen to your friend who's constantly complaining about what sin is doing in their life and never telling them the truth or never bring them to church? It's like, oh, you poor thing. While they blow their lives up, right, bring them to get some help. You know, you invite them to your small group. Why don't you go to small group? Are you a, are you a good employee? Are you a good boss? Are you a competent wife? Whoa, don't go there. I'm going to go there. You want your husband to be competent at his job at being a husband, at his job at being a dad, right? Yeah. It's my job to father my kids. I don't, get, I, I don't do my job well just watching Netflix and hope my kids turn out okay. <laughs> Is it your job? Do you consider it your job? Do you, whatever your duties are in the house, however you've split them up, do you consider like I'm doing this for Jesus? I'm doing everything as unto the Lord. I'm changing this diaper as if this is Jesus and Mar I'm Mary. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Are you doing it as unto the Lord? Because sometimes in, ho in home, what we do is we're like, hey, I'm just going to go there and, you know, and this is not really a job and I'm not really going to work hard. And uh, what are they going to do? Fire me? Yeah, well, sometimes you quit or you get fired. I'm saying like, don't put that on somebody that you live with in the same house. Work as if you're doing it for Jesus. Work hard. This is good preaching, I feel like. 
Great results bring great security. So go out and in the power of God, go get a good result and then go get another good result and then go after it. You know, we respect Jesus because he went to the cross, not because he's sitting on a beach chair somewhere. He did a hard job and he did it well. He, he overcame death and hell and he hung on a cross and died for your sins. That's why we love him and honor him because he is competent at his job. He did his job. Now, I'm going to go through um, um, our text this morning because we're going to get into some healing in the series. But God can't heal you if you want to hang on to insecurity and the sin of, this, of the lies of the enemy that you've internalized. God can't heal you if you believe a lie. Does that make sense? Like sin is not the problem. Sin has been taken care of on the cross. But sin that we don't call sin is a huge problem because we're not going to deal with it and push it out from, from us, right? We're going to internalize and be like, well, this is just the way that it is because my dad, this is just the way that I am because I feel. And God's like, you don't have to feel like that. Like, I can heal you. I can, I can fix you. I can. Here, you're filling your heart with other lies. Of course, that's what's going to be the result that you get in your life. And so um, here's, here was my mom's blueprint. She read this all the time. And I remember her reading this. And my mom, look, my dad is special to me. But my mom trained me in godliness and work ethic. You think my mom was going to have a lazy kid running around that house? <laughs> Just Ryan. The... <laughs> We learned how to work hard. We learned um, that if you do something stupid, you get to fix the window. We learned that nobody's going to give you anything or hand you anything and nobody owes you anything. Go out and get it if that's what you want. Um, that's the same message, the same training that my daughters get. Yeah. Why not? Let's go do it. Watch this. Um, watch this. Uh, it says, the preface to Proverbs 31 in my text is the words of King Lemuel. So a king named Lemuel, which is a great name, which his mother taught him. Which his mother taught him. And the Holy Spirit told King Lemuel, write this down. It's, you need to teach the nation what your mom taught you. Teach them what your mom taught you. Um, Proverbs 31. Uh, King Lemuel's mom says, um, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? Now, that's this family situation that it's being spoken into. That's just her role here right now. But let's say it like this. Who can find a, a virtuous and capable friend? Or grandma? Or whatever your role in life is. Christ follower, small group leader. Who can find a virtuous and capable one? Her worth is far above rubies. Like people are looking for riches. Man, if you're beautiful on the inside and you're this person, it is like somebody living in, in a treasure. It's like Scrooge McDuck living on a pile of gold, man. <laughs> Like, that's what it's like living with you when you're like this. Yeah. And, uh, and it says, um, th the word virtuous means strength, might, efficiency, wealth, army. Like, these are terms that guys like. And King Lemuel's mom's like, no, 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 no. These are our words, too. Yeah. Go out. You want, you, you want that thing for your family? Go out and get it, if God told you to get it. Go out and get it. It says her husband can trust her. She will greatly enrich his life. She's not just going to sit around and hope that he enriches her life. Like she, everybody around her gets better. Everybody around her, their lives get better. She brings uh, him good, not harm all the days of her life. Um, she's like a merchant ship, verse 14, bringing her food from afar. Like she makes you eat that nasty, exotic, healthy stuff like chick chickpeas that nobody should ingest. Why? Like she's like, you eat this. I don't want your teeth falling out. I don't want you to be... I want you to have energy. Come on, Jason. Come on, say amen. It's actually pretty good. That stuff. 
Anyways, this is not about chickpeas. You can't. Um, she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plans the day's work for her servant girls. Now, you know, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, if I have servants, man, they're, they're making me breakfast. <laughs> King Lemuel's mom is like, that's what I did. I had servants. I had employees that could have done that, but I got up before they got up. And she's saying, I also had a king. I raised a king in my house. You think that the, this king sleeps in late? I wonder if this king makes his own breakfast. Come on. She's like, no, I taught this boy right. I, I got up earlier than everybody. I got up earlier before my employees got up so that they, their day would be good and productive. And I, I get up. I work hard, man. I work for it. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She's energetic and strong, a hard worker. You know, none of these things have to do with men, by the way. None of them are dependent on what men do. They're all like, this is what I do. This is my job. I, do. I don't need some permission to be a hard worker. I don't need somebody to do something so that I'm allowed to work hard for Jesus and do all the things. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. That's like Pastor Aaron right now. She's probably selling something on Brad's sale right now. She shops at the thrift store. She is not going to suffer loss. Um, she extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She goes to a church that feeds the poor. Hey, Compassion Canada is coming here in a few weeks. Uh, we're, we have a gift prepared. You need to prepare a gift to help children get out of poverty. That's what we're going to do. We're going to give a gift to Haiti Arise. Like we feed the poor here. You know what I told, you know what I told a Christian woman? Because look, girls want to be better Christians than guys do. I don't know why that is. But you know, like there was a, a great woman that came to church whose husband was not like giving and was not really connected to church. I said, why don't you go get a job so that you have something to give? And she did. And her giving brought him in. Like, go on and do it. Go get a job so that you have something to give, so you can be generous with the Lord. What are you waiting for somebody else to do something for? You know? It worked. I mean, it was a miracle what God did there. Um, verse 25, she's clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future. It's like, she listens to the right voices from God, and then she goes and does all the things, and she is calm. She, she laughs without fear of the future, because if God did it, and saved her before and saved her family before. He's going to do it again. We know how to do it. We work hard. When she speaks, her words are wise. And she gives instruction with kindness. She doesn't need to yell. Her words weigh a lot. She's thought about it. She has experience. She can tell you how to get out of that bind. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. I want this. If you've got kids, I want this for you. Her husband praises her. And I will commit... Look, you might not be married right now, but I want to commit the men of Venue Church that if you do these things and you apply yourself to it, we will speak this over you. I want to speak this over my wife right now. I want to speak this for in the future over my daughters. I want to speak this over you and say, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. I want to say it to my wife right now. Look, she didn't start here. She started in a very broken place. But I want to say, you worked harder than everybody else worked. She hates us right now. She's crying right now. You did it though. You did it. You went out and got it. And the devil and all hell came against you and you went out and got it. Charm is deceptive and beauty. She's going to go get prayed for after and forgive me. 
Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Stop fearing mankind. Stop fearing humans. The woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. I'm going to be preaching about, uh, we're going to go after that father one next week. Somebody that you know needs to be here. Don't let the devil distract you. If he can distract you and keep you up from that sermon, from the word of God there, then he can keep you wounded. Don't get distracted next week. Bring somebody who needs it. Sow good seed there. I want to say, um, I want to ask, like, where does God deal with our insecurity? I was thinking about this. Where did I hear what my dad really thought about me? And I realized this. My dad is a worker. God, our Heavenly Father, is a worker. He is at work in the world, healing and fixing and restoring and forgiving and bringing justice where there's no injustice. He does that through the body of Christ. Where does God work? If you want to hear God, where do I hear what he thinks about me? I'm going to say it. The church. He's not at home watching Netflix. He is working in the body. He is at small group. He is serving at the front door. He is teaching children about Jesus. He is in the building. He is in wherever church is happening. He is in the place of his worship. He is in where you are reading. He is working. He is working. I realized my best connections with my father came when I worked beside him. My daughters and I, they want to connect with their father. I'm a worker. They volunteer. They, they're on the dream team at Venue Church and we connect over work all the time. That's where they hear. This is what you want to hear. This is what you want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Do you think that God is going to say, well done, if you haven't done anything well? That makes him a liar. He's not a flatterer. He's not a liar. But when they hear that compliment, they got to earn it. And then they step up a little taller and their head gets raised a little. They're like, oh, yeah, I know what I know. God is proud of me because my dad just told me that God is proud of me for what I do in his house. That's where I heard it. That's where you got to go to work because that's where God is. Good and faithful servant. We can build that. We can build that confidence. Here's here's some lies. I think as we sing this song. Here's some lies that I think that you need to spit out today. Here, here's lie number one. I can't because. Spit it out. You have the same father as Jesus. Spit it out. He had a cross to bear. He was nailed to a cross. That hasn't happened to you. He overcame. He, he was resurrected. In spite of what everything was trying to happen. I can't because. Spit it out. That's a lie. You have to push that out and be like, God, I believed a lie. I'm sorry for believing something that you didn't say. I'm not listening to that voice anymore. Here's the next one. God won't ask me to do hard things because of, well, God is going to. God is going to. Then you'd need a miracle. God is going to expect hard things from you because your destiny is doing hard things. Your destiny is doing things that the enemy is trying to th stop you. Your destiny is killing giants. Here, God won't ask me to risk my relationships to serve him. Look, your relationships belong to God. Let him worry about your relationships. Well, I got to make sure that I don't, if I do that, you know, if I obey God, then maybe my husband, maybe if I, let God worry about that. Obey. Let God worry about the results. Spit it out. No, I can do hard things in a relationship. I can't. I can stand up to my teenager. I can't. The last thing, things that were done to me and things that I've done exclude me from the promise. They don't. It's a lie. Spit it out. If you knew the stories that I knew, you wouldn't be insecure about your story and you wouldn't feel sorry for yourself. You would spit those lies out because along the way they had to spit the lie out to stop the, the. Father, I pray right now for every daughter of God right now and, and, 
And we pray, I pray for every person right now, Lord, that we would spit out insecurity and all the lies that we've listened to. And we would turn our, our ear to heaven right now and that we would do our job, Lord, to get rid of those things and stop believing those things, stop internalizing, stop putting ourselves in the place where we hear those things. In Jesus' name, amen.